welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. I'm on this week with Pistol, not Cheezo, I almost said Cheezo there, but Pistol is on with me. And I think we're both a little under the weather, Pistol, myself more so than yourself as you're on the back end of your sickness. But um, just a heads up to listeners that if there's any coughing and spluttering that makes it past the edits, then... We apologize, but how are you, Pistol? Um, I'm doing better than you currently, but only slightly, and that was reflected in our scores this week, where I managed to topple you by, I think it was four points this week, uh, JB, so I'm feeling pretty happy given how you've been flying just to uh, sneak a little win above you. Actually, you were the lowest scorer of the three podcasts, so uh, I'm pretty happy with that, actually. That's funny. When you say the lowest scorer of the three podcasts, everyone's like, oh, geez, how bad was his week, but... I scored 24-35, went up 90 ranks to 190 now on the season, and was outscored by all my peers in my workplace. So that's that's lovely. So um, <laughs> do you want to update us on where you're scoring? Right? By the way, great segue uh, to get into it from the, the sickness to the score. Uh, thank you. You're, you're welcome. Um, so I scored 2442 um, with that Gorn Donut, which I'll talk about in a second, but um, I have cracked the top 1K. Finally, uh, seven ninety-seven for the season, and Chizo went two five ten, and also jumped me Massive. in rankings. Uh, he's a little bit ahead of me now overall. So, all flying, and all did different things uh, regarding the Gorn out, which I find super interesting. Um, Chizo went the downgrade when he was out to Goldstein. I went with the classic, just cop the donut, and uh, JB, you went to Zach Clark actually. Yeah, so um, my, I think my way would have been the best if Boak wasn't a late out because in trading in Zach Clark, I also then copped a donut. So um, you and I both copped a donut. I, I don't think Chizo did. His way might have been most effective by avoiding the donut and getting a Goldstein score. But yeah, I I think I was a little bit unlucky by Boak. I mean, if Dangerfield burnt me, I would have copped that because you know there was talk of that all week. But Back spasms in the warm-up is, is just such an old man injury and slightly unexpected. So uh, before we talk massively about that, do we want to get into the housekeeping? Um, look, I, I feel like people need to be time-stamped here. There's probably 30 minutes worth of donations coming up. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. And I do want to say that uh, you you didn't trade Gorn to Zach Clark. You, you just meant you traded oh, yes, your cover yes, to yes. Zach Clark. <laughs> well, we'll discuss we'll discuss more in depth soon, but yes. Uh, Matt Parker was moved to Zach Clark, which netted me, I think, four points. Perfect. And uh, avoided the donut, so, <laughs> but then copped a donut on, on the flip side. All right, so let's talk about some uh, Donate for Donuts because there were many. Um, so thank thank everyone for donating. Thank, thank everyone. Oh, that's a weird sentence. Um, thanks to everyone for donating. You're welcome. Uh, we, since yesterday, we have just totaled slightly under $500. Um, in just the two days, so the Donate for Donuts is in full strength, and we s- sincerely appreciate all of the, the donations, and um, so does the Cancer Council. So, without further ado, let's get through them, uh, <laughs> JV. We have uh, Josh Watson saying, I'll donate for donuts, Gorn and Boke on the field, while having no cover for Boke after having Young and Gardner on my bench. I don't think you're oh, going to be the only one, Josh, so let's keep going. Luke Trewan, gone. That's all it says, gone. And we know. <laughs> that's I, I feel you. That's uh, I'm, I'm there with you. So thank you for your donation. Ryan Smith, mummy and Boke on the field. So donating for a two donut. donuts. That's surprising. Um, 
I like how it's a different type of donut. It's probably a little bit of a different flavour. Um, yeah, it's it's a glazed donut instead of the chocolate that everyone else is eating. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a fancy donut, and, and you, you don't get a fancy donut. But thank you for your donation, nonetheless, Ryan. Um, to Matthew Adams, Broken Gone Donuts. He said he's donated 10 cents for every projected point I missed out on. So quite a generous donation because they both had massive projections. So thank you very much, Matthew Adams. And I, I really like the creativity, actually. That, that was excellent. Um, to Michael Gunner, donating for dumb things, donuts and defeats. The triple D. Um, oh, no. Damn Boke. So I'm guessing there's a, a Boke donut involved. Um, congrats to Butler for knocking me out of the cup. And I'm doubling my donation as thanks to the doctor for putting the cup together. Oh, thank you, Gunner. That is awesome. Um, love your work and love your work too, Gunnar. So thank you very much for your kind and generous donation. Amazing contributor, Gunnar. Awesome. To next up is uh, Ben Von Stank, which is uh, Classic Mav donating $5 for Gone Donut. I'm right there with you, Mav. So thank you very much for your donation and sorry about your donut. To Warren Gordon, two donuts, Gone and Boke. You are not alone. Yeah. This is like a safe, safe place. Um, <laughs> it really is. Everyone can vent. <laughs> Everyone. Benno has donated for the putrid score that a gone donut left me to face on the weekend. Hashtag RIP whore. So that's, oh, no. that's basically a second donut, but you don't have to donate for it. But I think Benno has. So that's very, very generous of you. So thank you, Benno, as well. Um, to Kevin Aston Hoey, thank you again for donating. This is definitely like the third or fourth time this season. So we really appreciate yep. it. Donating for the gone donut. Happily, only the one, though. Given the last couple of people, uh, that is actually a good thing that there's just one donut. Um, to Damo from Jock Reynolds, Boke Donut. Go on, Donut. Doing a good thing here, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Damo, and thank you for all your Twitter love and uh, expertise over the years. We really appreciate it. And thank you for donating for donuts. He's great on Twitter, Damo. Uh, one of my better follows. I enjoy Damo's work. He's very good... Uh, Free man to insight. Very passionate man, Damon. Definitely. You go uh, go, go. give him a, f- a follow on Twitter. To Butler, donating for Gorn Donut. Please mention that, as promised. I beat Gunner in the cup while camping with a Gorn Donut and no loopholes. <laughs> I like how they've both donated for beat for... Butler's donating for beating Gunner, and Gunner's donating for losing <laughs> to Butler. <laughs> Do you reckon Butler's is a bit of a humble brag? Yeah, that that's definitely a humble brag donut. Uh, humble brag yep. donut, a humble brag donation. Yep. <laughs> a couple of those, but they're always hilarious. Um, to Cam Smith, donating for donuts. Thanks, Boki and Maxi. Don't worry, Cam, you are not. What a horror round. Honestly, this is the worst. Having both of them for for everyone besides Cancer Council. Yeah, it is an absolute nightmare. But I'm sure there's no one else that's left to read out that has those two donuts. So I'll go into Tony <laughs> Tony Makosh. Um, Gorn and Boke donating for donuts. That was just no. quickly wrong. But it's not going to be anyone else, surely. But thank you very much, Tony, for your donation. To Megabatimus, donating for copying the Boke and Gorn donuts, as well as the two yeah. donuts I copped in round 12 and the two I copped in round 13. You have a donut problem. <laughs> Are these the same two donuts? I think he's an addict. Uh, he's actually addicted to donuts. This he's is, just actually an purposely issue. not trading to cover any of the donuts so they can continually have two every week. Maybe, maybe save the donation money and go seek help. <laughs> he says, fingers crossed for the rest of the year, remains donut free. Look, I don't like your odds, <laughs> but with well, only two trades left, part. I doubt it. Oh, no. Two, two trades left. I feel like you're going to be seeing a couple more donuts. There's going to be a few. Uh, we thank you in advance for your donations. And 
I look. I actually look forward to what you're gonna put as your comments uh, for your next ones because I, I don't like your chances of going donut free, but I like the optimism. And thank you for being uh, such a, a welcomed um, contributor in the Slack chat. Uh, Jordan Venables, five dollars a donut, and I hate Supercoach. So sorry about <laughs> the amount of donuts that you have received, but uh, we, the Cancer Council, and us do really appreciate your donuts. Your donuts, your donations as well. I don't appreciate your oh, donuts, geez. but I do appreciate your donation. Uh, to Luke Cliffo, friend of the podcast, a donut in bulk this week. He says, so my plan to play Lysett, who I traded in for Daniel at R2 and put Gorn on the bench since he would likely be a laid out worked fine. That was risky, but it worked out. But the other part of my plan to cover Bynes at F6 with Chol, my other trade-in for Lockie Young, went astray when Boak went out. Oh, well, here's to the donation legends. Keep up the good work. Jeez, Luke. Sounds like you were, like me, you were a millimeter away from executing a great plan and you just got done with that randomness of Boak's layout, which is so unlucky. It got so many people and there's still more, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, to Jason Gates, he has donated for Boak's donut and donated the amount that Boak is averaging and a, for a Gorn donut and the amount that Gorn has been averaging. So a generous donation and also I love the creativity. He says he had Chol on the bench with no emergency since I was loopholing Warple, exposing me oh, to no. Boke's donut. That's stick to FBL, Jason. That's <laughs> you know what? That is actually that's not a bad move because Warple only got seventy one, I think, off the top of my head. So yeah, he was that. That was a worthwhile loophole, but it just went horribly wrong. Really, there's. I mean, who could have predicted? I know I keep saying this, but honestly, it it just came from such left field, and and even like the late outs, it was not announced because he did it in the actual warm up, so it wasn't a issue during the week that we just missed. It was uh, not good. No, and we'll go on to the next one to Corey Bate English on behalf of the Supercoach Elites team. Take ten dollars for each donut the podcast crew put out. Cheers, bumps. Keep up the fantastic work, guys. Thanks, guys, for continually supporting us and really appreciate uh, your donations. And so there's a Cancer Council. Also, I'm a bit worried that people are uh, just have like Corey's credit card details and are clearly using it to buy things uh, <laughs> that aren't Corey. So you've got to watch out, Corey. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, especially in weeks where there's uh, worse weeks than this Supercoach-wise and there's even more donuts. So I'm a bit worried what's going to happen. To Tubbo, Gorn's Donut and Hordes 3. So he's donated for the Hordes 3, which is incredibly generous. So appreciate your contribution, Tubbo. You did not have to do that, but we appreciate it nevertheless. To Mark Niblock, Gorn Nut. Gorn Nut. Gorn Nut. I'm trying to say it differently to see it, to kind of get it to work, but do you, do you see it? Gorn Nut. Gorn Nut. Does that work? It's like donut. No, it doesn't. But at the same time, he's got a little emoticon there of, of a donut as well. So I appreciate that it. That is true. That does make it work. So um, thank you for your <laughs> donation for your gornut. Uh, to Wayne Ellery, Gorn and Boke Donut. Happy to donate for such a great cause. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you for for contributing to such a great cause. Uh, we really appreciate it. To Joe Ross, two times oh donuts. He doesn't say which two, but if I had to guess, JB... I was going to call you cheese. Mumford again. <laughs> it's a Mumford donut. Probably, <laughs> probably Mumford. Yep. Um, so unfortunate, Joe, um, but thank you for your donations. To uh, Giuseppe Mastica, 
I hope I got that right. Uh, Gorn and Boke donate for donuts as well as donate for dumb things because I went and had a shower as Port were warming up and could have covered Boke with Setterfield DPP. Oh, no. No. The lesson... Poorly timed shower. This is lesson learnt. Never shower. How often does the poorly timed shower strike us super coaches as well? I'm sure we've all been there. That is... Imagine how calm you must have been. Like, you've like, okay, no laid out, so I'm just going to go shower, have a nice, nice warm one, come out 10 minutes later, and it's just like, oh, well, I've got a zero. That's ruined my weekend. So yeah, that is very unfortunate. Hygiene, hygiene just has to take a back seat at these, at these stages of the Supercoach season. When will people learn that there is nothing more important in life than Supercoach? 100%. To Alistair Danok, uh, I've never heard of you before, but he says, F you, Travis Boak. So It's a bit harsh. And he actually got a Gorn Donut, so that was actually, he just hates Spoke. Um, Jeez. Just, uh, I mean, what do you hate, every Brownlow medalist? <laughs> to, to Tim Perrin, donation for two donuts. He didn't say which ones. Um, take a guess, JB. Two, <laughs> two times 13 is 13 is unlucky for some. Would rather a donut than Zach Clark in my team. Cop that, JB. <laughs> Much love, LRT bot. Which is hilarious because... Tim has the most hilarious Slack DPs. It's pretty much every day. It, it nearly is every day. He just photoshops Lewis Roberts Thompson's face onto different pictures of Jesus. Um, that's not Photoshop. That that is <laughs> that's Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I I really hope he puts out just like an Instagram of all of the pictures he's ever done, so he can just scroll through in all of its glory, because <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, to the next one, not going to read out the name because it uh, follows in the the, Jane, the, the vein of um, Jenna Tools that Cheezo did the other week, but it's a bit ruder, so I'm not going to go there. But it says, I think Boak should change his name legally to Krispy Kreme. I don't think he should do that. No, I don't. I don't think that'll that'll help at all with his day to day life. To be fair, no, be, he might get sponsorship from Krispy Kreme, though, so maybe it will help. Maybe he could have a catchphrase and be like, "You just got creamed." Wait, I didn't think that through before I said it. No, I, I couldn't imagine that would happen. No, that, 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 that would be worse. Let's move on. Yes, uh, to Lech Dog, he says, follow me on Twitch at www.twitch.tv forward slash Games. Dabs unironically. <laughs> the dabs unironically part wasn't part of the, the Twitch stream, so you can just end after Lech Dog Games. Um, but thank you, Lech, for your donation for donuts. And uh, I <laughs> find it hilarious. But I do appreciate the plug, nonetheless. Um, go ch- I'm going to head over and out. use my my Twitch, my Twitch Prime, my Amazon Prime sub. Everyone that knows Twitch will know that. I know you don't. know I have it, no idea like, what we're talking about. No. Everyone just get the Amazon Prime on old let dogs uh, Twitch. I just play Supercoach JB. That's why my my world <laughs> revolves around. Um, next up, we have Pistol. Um, that's me, and I say Gorn Donut. Donate for donuts. So, yeah, uh, you know what. That was about as creative as I could get. Um, I didn't go with Gornut, though, so points for me, I think. And lastly... Take that. <laughs> JB, with a weird spelling oh, right. as well. I don't know why you did that. Um, that wasn't me. That's, that must be another JB. It's like JZ, but with a B. And he says, yeah, um, Clippers got Kawhi and PG-13. Let's go. Oof, and you donated that's... $1 for every zero in go. Every zero? Every every O in It's go. probably every O. Yeah. I tell you what, though, <clears throat> if this podcast can just transition to an NBA podcast like we all want it to, Clippers, man, look out for them this year. No, we're not going to transition to that, but I do want to say oh. 
We did crack the $6,000 mark since the beginning of last year because of these donations. So massive congrats to everyone involved. Thank you so much. Uh, $6,100 now. Absolutely amazing effort. Um, I think that's also now just surpassed the 3000 mark for this season, which tops our effort from last year, which is awesome, awesome news, and can't wait to... I mean, I, I don't really want to get more donuts for the rest of the year, but you know, I can't wait to donate again if there are those donuts in our futures, JB. Just just a question, Pistol. Okay. Um, Jack Steele, do you know how I made that bet about Jack Steele five-plus tackles per game, etc.? He got 18 tackles on the weekend. Do I get out of like three of the other weeks? I think he, how many games did he miss with his injury? I think he missed like three or four. So he, he's, he averaged five across those games that he missed. How how unbelievable is that? 18, and he only got 109, so only like 30-odd points besides tackling. Yeah, that's no good. That's not what you want, but you know, 18 tackles, that's incredible. I don't think he's that good of a super coach option. Is that a hot? No, if, I, if I had him in a keeper league, I'd probably push him towards the uh, the JB of the competition. I mean, I don't understand what you're talking about, but just to back up my <laughs> own point, that yeah, Saints don't really have uh, these prime midfielders that just you know take the competition by storm in terms of in terms of super coach. You generally like hover at like 105 and then die. They off. have one really good midfielder. Is it Rowan Marshall? It is. Okay, well. He's incredible. He's ridiculously good. He's super good. Anyway, back onto the run sheet, Pistol. Yes. We have a run sheet? (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Okay. Um, Because we're not doing a game-by-game review, half because Fanfoot is out and that's how we get our stats, and half because no one really cares about all the players that didn't play unless they're in your team. So Um, we're going to focus on the main talking points. Firstly, Gorn. um, As we spoke about earlier, each three podcasters took three different routes, and they're probably the three most popular routes. I don't know many people who would have gone elsewhere, but um, I suppose we should just discuss a little bit what happens if he misses again this week. Um, I I guess a lot of people would have gone into their whole rebuild mode already, but for those who held him, um, what would you do differently? Because copying a second donut, if you took that first route of taking the donut this week, uh, could be really detrimental to your season if, you know, you're playing for rank and, you know, now everyone's got cover or Goldstein and, you know, you don't want to take two donuts in two weeks. I don't. Um, but also I just had my largest rank rise in like eight weeks with a donut. So I'm feeling, I, I feel like I can't answer this question right now because I'm not like panicked that my I season's mean, I, I faded Boke, because of it. I think Boke late out helped literally everyone who copped Gorn with like minimal cover or no cover at all. Yes. So if you're backing that in again next week, then you know, obviously it'll all be fine. But if we don't have as much carnage next week, then... Those who just have gone with no cover, um, another out would be pretty pretty severe, I think. I was going to say it'll be fine because like Kelly and Canelio will be out and then other people have donuts, but the problem is I have both of those players, so that will actually be really, really bad. Um, look, let's see what happens. Um, if Obviously, if you got Lyset or Westoff, there's that potential coverage over there. Otherwise, you're probably looking at trading him out if you don't want to cop another donut. But honestly, I'm just going to cop another one. I don't really. I backed myself into the corner last week. Um, I chose that he would only miss one, given he was named and was a late out. I thought, well, he's probably not going to miss two. Um, so I have made my bed and I will lie in it. 
But again, as one of the donations said, having Zach Clark wasn't a lot better. <laughs> so um, I guess, uh, all right, so that's more so a Thursday discussion for when the teams drop if Gorn is uh, somehow missing again. I think we expect, we both expect him to play though. So um, hopefully good news on the horizon there during the week. Next thing is Josh Kelly. So as of the moment that we're recording the podcast, he's gone for scans. Um, I think the, was it the general manager today? Uh, I, it, can't, it wasn't the coach or anyone like that. It was someone, you know, in a, in a suit rather than <laughs> in the actual, do you know what I mean? Like it was a corporate rather than, you know, anyone in the coaching stuff. But um, said it appears that he's done a calf, um, which would be, I mean, generally calf two, three, four weeks. Um, for those who own him, I don't want to speculate too much until the, the actual news is released, but if we're looking at two, three, four weeks for Josh Kelly, who plays for GWS, need I remind you, which is probably you know more of an eight-week thing, um, we just have to trade it out, I guess? Yes. Well, it's tough because if, you, if you're playing for leagues, technically he should be back by the beginning of your league game, but it's GWS, as you said before, and the four-week injury for GWS is like, an eight-week injury for normal teams. So it's a bit tough, but it's at the point of the season where I'd rather... If, I, if I'm going to wait four weeks to save a trade and then I cop an injury in four weeks' time and I use that trade to cover someone who's out for the rest of the season, that's still only four weeks. So I'm either have four weeks at the end of the season with cover or four weeks now. It doesn't really matter. Um, if that made any sense, JB. So um, I, if he's out for four, then I would be trading. Okay, so that brings me to my next question. And I mean, I suppose we might as well just, for the sake of the podcast, predict the worst case scenario that um, it's released that he does he has done a calf injury, and it's you know they they list it officially on their report as three to four week injury, right? So um, everyone's looking to trade him out. Um, that then takes us to our best trading options and. Um, I don't know about you, but I've got pretty much every single one of my midfielders besides Matt Crouch is averaging about 120, and there's only about six or seven of them in the league. So pretty much I've got them all, and that leaves us with the likes of Cunnington, Sloan, um, Canelio, or for those who have Canelio, probably Bontepelli uh, instead. Uh, there's there's just a lot of players that have been good, and you know probably at, every, at some point or another of the season, everyone's gone geez, we really need to get Cunnington in or we really need to get Sloan in. But then they've just faulted at one point. Like Sloan scored 80 in the showdown, which you'd expect him to score much more in. Does that sort of you know, give question marks a room? So who are you looking at as the best potential replacement for Josh Kelly? Because the, the mids drop off from about six or seven quite heavily to eight and nine. I think the first big midfielder with lower ownership that you may not have is probably Bontempelli. He's just in ridiculously good form. He plays... So many games at home, which we talked about a couple of weeks before this run, that they just played so many at home, and he loves playing at Marvel Stadium. That I feel like he's a, a very good bet to move forward with. Other than Bont, it's a uh, slimmer and more difficult pickings. Having Canelio myself, I still wouldn't pick him. Um, he has those massive games, but he also just has some absolute stinkers and. It's been stressful. I have not enjoyed the roller coaster whatsoever. Um, if I had to pick someone, I'd be probably looking at Luke Parker. He's identical price to Kelly, so you can make. I was that hoping swap. you'd say him. Yeah, you can. He's in three point five percent of teams still. He's still got a so, five round average of one twenty. Yeah. Who else are we looking at? Well, that takes me to my concern. So, 
Um, although his five-run average is excellent, as you said, uh, his average with JPK in the side earlier in the season was um, it was over 100, but only just. And then he went on a really hot streak without JPK. And then in the last three weeks, he's gone 138, which was the first week JPK returned. I think uh, Kennedy scored about 70 that week. And then the last two weeks, Josh Kennedy's gone really well, 118 and 127 off the top of my head, whilst Parker's only scored 106 and a 97. So I think there are actually more question marks over Parker now than there were, you know, a month ago. Uh, now that Josh Kennedy's re- uh, Josh Kelly. now that Josh Kennedy's returned and Parker seems to be scoring a little lower than what we have seen thus far. Yep, that's a fair comment. So uh, would you even consider getting Josh Kennedy? Hey, now this brings me to, I was going to talk about budget options later, but um, now that we'll skip straight through, through to it, uh, Josh Kennedy, yeah, I, I honestly think he's a really good option. So um, as I said, that first week that he returned, uh, Parker scored really well, Kennedy scored, um, I'm just going to have a look so I can be exact here, uh, 77 in that first week, and then followed up with 125 and 118, um, outscoring uh, Parker both weeks by 15 or more. Um, they've got an okayish run coming up, so Carlton, Fremantle, uh, you know, quite easy opponents, I'd say, for a midfield battle. Then Geelong and GWS are more of the difficult type, then Port, Melbourne and St Kilda to finish off the season. So I actually think Josh Kennedy, being 100k cheaper than Kelly and Parker, um, is looking like one of our better options, although I just, you know, from seasons past, just find him really, really difficult to trust. Yep, no, I agree with that assessment, but I think we you mentioned him before, Ben Cunnington. Is he still s- somewhat on your radar, or have you kind of ruled him out because his you know last three games is averaging a tick under a hundred? So yeah, again, uh, you talk about players that are tr- uh, difficult to trust. Uh, we spoke about Cunnington all year and, and kept making excuses as to why um, we're not exactly you know rushing to get him in our teams. We kind of justified it against GRUS when he put up a 59 with the DeBoer tag. Um, he was tagged again this week by Jack Steele, put up an 89. So my question is, um, he doesn't really have teams that run with players to finish the season. That could be enough for people to, to sort of lock him in. I mean, I guess most of his or all of his scores can be attributed to a run with role, uh, whether he's just been limited. But I, I don't know. I, I find it difficult to trust him. I, it's just... I suppose North Melbourne are on the uptick at the moment, but he hasn't even been a huge part of that. Um, obviously, he was a big part in Collingwood. The Collingwood win last week, he scored 146. Come on, but... man. Don't have to rub it in. <laughs> I mean, that's, his, that's his second highest score for the season. I, I had to mention it, sorry. Yeah, but I've... yeah, it's for some reason, it's difficult to trust him as well. Um, but I feel like it probably shouldn't be, but it kind of is. I know it seems obvious, but because he was so cheap and we've been mentioning for so long... But Rory Sloan, I know he just had an 84, but his next run of fixtures, this is the run we've been waiting for. He's got Gold Coast, Essendon, Carlton, St Kilda in a row. It's just a great way to end the season, and there's no reason why he just can't go massive. He's had such a great year. Don't let this 84 put you off. I think at 544k, he's cheap as well. He's got a great run. I would be selecting him over almost any other midfielder at the moment. Yeah, I definitely agree with all your sentiments there. And Sloan it was looking straight away as soon as I um, read about the potential injury of Kelly as one of my, one of my favourites to trade in as a replacement. So we've spoken about Sloan, Cunnington, JPK, Parker and Bonton Pelly. Um, if you're able to, would you be able to give a quick ranking of your favourite? Maybe just give, you can give a top three out of those that I've listed 
um, as your favorite trading options, just in case someone already has, you know, the, your number one trading pick or something? Yep, great question. Um, I think I would do Bont, Sloan, Cunnington in that order. Ooh, I like it. I would go Bont, Sloan, JPK. I'll change it up a bit. I think JPK is primed to have a big end to the season, but having said that, I've got Bont, and I'll probably be going Sloan. So both of us on that, or myself on that number two pick. So, um, okay, now I think that was productive. So we'll move on now. Um, do we need to discuss Travis Boak? It was back spasms, probably just the one week. I don't think he'll miss any more than that. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see for the Thursday podcast, I think. That's true. Um, luxury trades is our next discussion point here. So um, I don't know how many people this will be applicable to. Definitely not myself as I'm uh, dwelling down in trades. But for example, if you're full premium um, or one of full premium and you're say it takes two trades to get to full premium and you're going to have five trades remaining after full premium, you probably afforded one, I probably wouldn't be doing two luxury trades, but maybe just one. Um, what guys are you looking at here along the highest percentage own ownership of players that you'd be thinking of trading out to avoid sort of their poor run of form that they're currently in or maybe you've missed someone like Shannon Hearn and you're carrying Bashahuli, which is probably a good place to start. Um, sort of what players catch your eye and that we should be maybe thinking of ship off if we've got the extra trades? I probably would hold. I guess it depends on how poor my underperforming player is. Um, someone like Hooli, I think I would be holding. I know they play the last like seven matches at the MCG. So yep. we'll just see what happens. Basically, um, Richmond could be anything. So... JB, what about Warple? I know you mentioned him before. Is he someone that you would actually consider holding? So if I if I had that situation, five for more trades, um, and the forward, the top six forwards are all very self-explanatory. Um, I'm missing out on, as uh, Jason said in his donation, um, he's actually loopholing Warple. So, um, I mean, if I wasn't one of the people doing that, then I'd, I'd be missing out on yeah, 20, 30 points. I'm probably the next best forward per week so Warple's putting up you know scores in the 70s and 80s most weeks and then you know I think two weeks ago he had 99 at three quarter time and finished on 92 like he's just unfortunately he just doesn't have that that kill ability to just go crazy in a match he's he's had two tons for the year one of them was in round one um he's just not on my list of players that I would be holding on to I mean best case scenario you trade in someone like Robbie Gray and you, you just loophole the two of them but um, if you had the cash and you know an, an extra trade or two up your sleeve, then I'd be trying to get him desperately to whichever one of you know the top six forwards that you're missing out on. Okay, so I definitely agree. If you have the money to make that jump, I would definitely do it. If I didn't have that money, I probably wouldn't bother, and I would just do the best that I can do. But I'm going to throw a name out to you, JB. Um, probably a little unexpected. 388k. Um, what do you think of Jai Simpkin? Oh boy! <laughs> now maybe maybe I should back that up because people are probably uh, a bit confused about why I want to talk about Jai Simpkin. His scores in the last five weeks read as follows: ninety-five, ninety, nineteen. So that's why he is so cheap. And then one hundred and six, one hundred and twenty-five. So. 
there kind of is an outlier there. Uh, I'd say that would be the 19, and otherwise he's mm-hmm. got a, a low of 90 in the last you know five what, four weeks if you take out that outlier. Even before this coach changeover, he was still scoring decently in in rounds seven and nine. He turned up. So it, so has there been a role change? What are we looking here? Why has there been an uptick in scores? Well, for one thing, North are so much better under Ray Shaw than they were before. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, they look like a whole brand new team. And he's, you yep. know, scored 125 last week and 106 against Collingwood. So there's every opportunity for him going forward. And not just that, their draw is decent. They, they've got Essendon and Brisbane um, in the next two. And obviously West Coast and West Coast is probably the hardest fixture um, almost in the AFL at the moment. Um, Hawthorne. Besides when Port played them, but yeah. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll just we'll end that there. But um, anyway, basically, if you have to loophole, even maybe maybe you have a luxury trade and you're getting a F seven, um, is this this is a sneaky option? Surely, right? He's in point four percent of teams. I mean, yeah, you, you could go worse. Uh, he's got a negative break even this week, so that's pretty insane for someone who's four hundred k. I think uh, I spoke to a North supporter about him just recently. I. Honestly, I was looking for months and months and finally found one to, to chat about North Melbourne <laughs> stuff with. But um, they sort of mentioned the fact that he moved into a more midfield-centric role. And without fan footy here, I can't see what his disposals were prior to this last month or so. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he smashed 30 at the park. Um, maybe even got up to 35 this week playing a more midfield role. So, yeah. I mean, role change, big tick. Coaching change, big tick. Form of... The team is a big tick. Um, I just yep, just had a look there. 36 disposals this week. So, yeah, I guess why why wouldn't he be an option? Except for the fact that, you know, he's if we don't trust Cunnington, how the hell do we trust Simpkin? But, um, <laughs> That's a good point. It's just obviously much less risk, much, much cheaper. And, yeah, I mean, you could do much worse if you're on the brink of the eight and trying to find that POD to get you over the line. Well, if it's not this year, at least let's consider it in future years. Maybe one for one for the future, but I think it was worthwhile mentioning. Um, JB, are there any other underperforming mids? Oh, let's say mids. So I, I've noticed um, in the community a lot of people have Brad Crouch at M8. Is this a viable tactic to use you know, for the rest of the season, or is he someone that you kind of have to upgrade? So he's kind of the same as Warpool, um, in the sense that if I could loophole him, it'd be amazing. Because uh, he can go huge. He's had a few scores above 120 already this season. But I think he's he's just had the... Jeez, if I, if I start guessing the numbers, I'm going to get them way wrong and I'm going to get yelled at. But he, I think he's had six Supercoach tons from his 15 games this season. Um, and that's just not good enough for a premium midfielder. I know he's averaging 99, which is, you know, you'd suggest he'd be getting a ton every week, but his ability to go big or, or go littler um, is just so harmful to your, your rank and your, your Supercoach Leagues, especially your Supercoach Leagues. I mean, if you don't know if he's going to put out a, a 70 or 80 or a 120, then you know, it's it's just made a bit more difficult trying to predict what you, you're going to get against your opposition. But... Um, pretty much what I'm trying to say here, Pistol, is um, if I could get him as a loophole option, it'd be perfect. If I could trade him out or trade him up to another midfielder, it'd be even better. Um, and if I just didn't have him at all for the whole season, it'd be the best. So I'm going to throw a theoretical question then back at you because... Oh, I love theoretical questions. A lot of people will be saying they can either upgrade Brad Crouch to, let's say, Bontempelli 
and that's their one trade. Or they can use one trade and they can upgrade, let's say, a Haightley to uh, Mark Murphy, for example, as the M9. And then they can loophole Murphy with Brad Crouch. At this point Get in bombed. the season... Gee, you didn't even let me finish the sentence. No. <laughs> At this point in the season, what would you prioritize? I mean, I know... I know the loophole sounds great, um, and it's, even it's the cover, cover would be amazing as well. Hey, you didn't let me finish my sentence. I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but Bonson and Pelly is just, like, you're going to be getting an extra 20 points per week almost. Uh, guaranteed, and I know, look, if it, if it was your last trade, I'd be going for cover. But if you, if you still had a few there to cover another injury somewhere, then, I mean, and, and in this scenario, you're keeping Haightley as well, aren't you? In the scenario yes. with Bond, yes, and you know you've got—I know it's not good cover, but worst case scenario, you've got some points coming in. Yeah, I think I'd go Bond unless it was my very last trade. Uh, just as a funny thing, it's Haitley now has probably played, um, I guess, not great enough that you would expect him to keep his spot for the rest of the season. But now it's like GWS are trolling us. It's like he deserves to be dropped, but now they're going <laughs> to play him every week. And when he was dominating, they were like, "Nope, can't play him." Um, well, Josh Kelly's out as well, so he'll probably yeah get another. Well, potentially out, but yeah, he'll probably get another few weeks as well. That's crazy. On top of that, so maybe he's playing a more team centric role that doesn't result in super coach points. We don't know. It's likely. So I, I was talking about cheap players. Mark Murphy, just four hundred twenty three k, has scored well in back to back weeks. Um, but you know, Cripps has been out, and then the game before that, they won, which is a rarity in itself. So I'm not cool. too Shot sold. Man. I like him. Um, I think he's fine at 423k because it's ridiculously cheap. Um, but are there other positions maybe we can look at where if you just can't really finish your team, who are the cheap options? We've mentioned Simkin. Uh, Mark Murphy's a decent one. Is there a different midfield or maybe some defenders um, that you would look at instead, JB? Oof. Just to finish your team, maybe even an F or D7. So what are we looking at? Because you know someone like Jack Crisp is only four hundred and seventy k. Which no, it's too much. Too much. Too much. Okay. Well, I'm talking. Let's set. Let's set it at um, sub Alia Alia's price, which is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to go look it up now, but um, I think it's like four hundred and four. Yeah, it is four hundred and four. There we go. Four hundred and four. Can I start? Can I start with Alia Alia? <laughs> yes, please tell me your thoughts on Alia Alia. Um, so of recent, he's doing a bit more ruck roll, as, as we all know. Um, scoring okay, and this week just gone absolutely dominant. He had Clark, didn't he? He had Clark. Um, that, that's yeah, already not, not like difficult to dominate signs. Clark. <laughs> if you want to compare mobile mobilize, well, geez, mobility. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, of those two, then I think Elliot maybe just takes the chocolates. But he was very, very good. Um, unfortunately for him and those thinking of getting him he's now got cruiser sandlands and um then he's then he's got a slightly easier ruck run but ends with ryan marshall and gorn as well i don't know i don't mind him um he's put up i mean this is his first time in a while um especially all his other scores are from his previous role i'd actually prefer to know your thoughts because i wonder if he can keep it up and you know, coming up against some better rucks than Zach Clark, maybe he's just not capable. But as a cheap option, he might be one of the better upside picks. Yeah, well, I think the th- the key thing is I don't think he's going to ruck for the whole season. 
right? Because he's only filling in for three, four weeks. Because that's when um, Cal Sinclair's meant to be back. So if you look at his matchups for three weeks, it's, as you said, Cruiser, which is not a bad matchup. Um, Sandy Lens, even though Ali is going to destroy him around the grounds, I'm a bit worried about that matchup. And if it's Lob, it's even worse of a matchup for him. And then Reese Stanley, who's also very mobile. So I don't love the matchups. Um, I don't love his scoring when he's playing as a key defender. So it's probably a pass for me. Um, but I guess the question is, JB, is like, is he the best of the bad bunch, or is there someone better? I can throw out a couple of names to you if you'd like, and you can. Yeah, well, I'm I'm having a look and not finding a whole lot, so maybe maybe names would be helpful. Come believe I, I can see Alex Witherden here. He's <laughs> 340k and just scored 45. How is he so bad this year? Oh, the four from Grace. But would you select oh Witherden over Ali earlier? Um, no. Okay, well. <laughs> he, he's so bad. You brought it up. <laughs> he's got a three-round average of 65, five-round average of 59. Um, where, where is Jaden Short and all this? How cheap has he gotten? It's like 330k or something. 338, and he scored 58. I mean, I'd back Short to come back to form over getting someone like Witherden, but I don't know, mate. Maybe, oh, jeez. These options are all impossible. I mean... I think Short's the best one. You can, at the very least, expect him to, once he's got a bit more conditioning into him, go back to his 70s. All right, I've got one for you. I'm just going to go for it. I don't know how people are going to take this, but here we go anyway. It's coming out. Jack Silvani, 279K. He has looked, in the last two weeks, unbelievable. It's Jack Silvani. It doesn't make any sense. They're just like... Jack just do what he wants. He's had a bit more midfield time, but he was so good against Melbourne. He turned up 109, just a 73 the week before. His average this year is incredibly poor at 58, but you just got to watch him and you'll see that. That's, I don't know if it's a purple patch and if it's going to last the rest of the season, but he does have that defensive forward DPP as well. So he's not wow. bad cover um, if you're looking at a D7, because if you've got that Gardner or whatever, you can... Do a little switcheroo, maybe if you're Burgess as well. But there's something there, JB. There's something there. <laughs> Best thing is, um, he got that 109. First half, he was tagging Oliver, and then he went forward in the second half and, and kicked a bag of goals. But I suppose if, if they're competitive, which is going to be in approximately two of the, their remaining like eight, seven matches, then I expect him to do well, you know, like around the 80s. But I mean, they've got Sydney this week, which is, you know, they'll be slightly competitive. Um, Gold Coast, you expect them to be competitive with. Then they've got Adelaide, West Coast, Richmond, and they finish the year with Geelong um, with St. Kilda in between those. So, you know, that's a tough run. I don't expect Jack Silvani to go forward and kick a bag of goals against any of those teams. Well, then we've also got Jaden Short, who's just ridiculously cheap. So I think you probably... I mean, even Cade Simpson is 360k. Not that I would advocate for Cade Simpson. I'd probably get Jaden Short over and hope for the best. What about... What about... I've got one for you. Oh, no. I didn't expect this. What is it? Who is it? This is this is a curveball. Oh, no. Let's go. What about the formerly cast out Brody Smith? I have him in my current team. <laughs> I'm not talking about your team. I'm talking about other people who might be needing to go cheap. I love Brody Smith. We never... Sh- people is, shouldn't have got rid of Brody Smith, right? He's 380k... His next three weeks, four weeks, are Gold Coast, Essendon, Carlton, and St. Kilda. 
even if you have traded him out this season and you you are now regretting it and you're thinking that you absolutely just need to get logged to someone because you've got no money and no trades, do you consider this? I was going to say, is it Logue or is it people with Marty Hoare? Because it could be both. Either either. Um, yep. All right, well, I'll throw... I'll answer your question with another question. Given he's got a very good run, as uh, we have mentioned when we were talking about Sloan, and uh, they play for the same team, so they've got the same good run, uh-huh. Uh-huh. JB. Yep, makes sense. He's also the same price, Brody Smith, as Wayne Miller, who has another really good run. I don't know if you've heard... Um, so, hmm. if you had to pick between the two of them, Smith, who are you picking? Brody Smith, easy. Um, Miller is playing a lot more forward, and it, it just doesn't suit him. Um, yeah, he against his poor teams, he might pop up with eighty here and there, maybe a ninety, but his ceiling is much lower as a forward than it was as a defender. All right, I will kind of accept that and probably also say Brody Smith because I have him in my team and kept him because I think he's going to do well in the next four or five weeks. And uh, I don't think there's an, another way. I mean, technically Darcy Moore falls under that 400k barrier, but... He was the next one I was going to look at as well, but he, yeah, I wouldn't be... Maybe. I'd be going Brody Smith over Darcy Moore. So you'd be going Brody... Out of all of the options we've said, uh, let's call them the Marty Hoare options, is Brody Smith the best sub? Let's sub Alir Price. Um, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Well, <laughs> I you mean, heard like, it here first. if you look at maybe Smith, it's probably Smith. But then, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Heath Shaw or Shane Savage also turned it around at some point. Like, they're both averaging over eighty as well, and they've got a, such a rich history of, of doing well. So, it's it, yeah, it's it's Brody Smith in my opinion, but it could be also a couple of players, but not earlier. And not with it. So I want to talk about Logue. I don't think he's as bad as people are making him out to be. I mean... No, he's really not. He, it was raining so hard, and he it, scored It was pouring. 50. And the other game and was... And the week before, sweet. it was pouring as well. Yeah, so he scored 67 and 50 in the pouring rain, and in the dry games, he's gone 93 and 103. I don't think you need to rush to trade out Logue. Let's... Do you know, do you know why? Do you know the reasoning for the these these high scores in, in dry games and poor scores in wet games? He's a really good intercept defender. I hate you. <laughs> but yes. Um, thank like you. he was, I think over that two, those first two games, he was leading the league in intercept disposals in that, that fortnight. Um, and when it's wet, you you just, it's that whole entire part of your game just pretty much goes to poo. I feel like you're mansplaining super coach to me and I don't know how I feel about it. Logue, good. <laughs> Thanks, JB. So uh, I hope that's been covered. Um, JB, what else was there? I, I th- you said you had a run sheet, so lay it on us. <laughs> you just tried to segue and then realized you didn't have the run sheet. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I just answered the questions. Oh, I love that for you. But uh, just lastly, um, if we want to discuss some quick uh, rookie options for those who are looking to make some last-minute downgrades to get their last premium in their side. So um, we had a few debutants this week. Um, a few players played their second game, like Hanrahan for Hawthorne, scored 85 in his second appearance. Um, and then obviously we saw the likes of Dunkley and Quainer debut, as well as um, 
that uh, bacon and eggs bloke. So um, have a chat to us. <laughs> who, say, who are you trading in? Did you say bacon and eggs? Bacon and eggs bloke, yes. Okay. I actually love that. That's that's great. Um, yes, Egg, Egg, Eggmoless Smith. Um, that's a fun yes. name to say on the podcast. <laughs> Let's never speak of this again. So the rookies, who impressed? Uh, Quainer, straight away. He looks so composed down back. I know it's been overused, but he should remain outside for a while. He was by far not the worst player on our field. <laughs> he was, yeah, right near the top of... He's probably around fifth best for us in that last game. So, um, As a rookie, and, a first game and, player. And he's a first game player. He looks very comfortable. 153k. If you need defensive cover, he would be the guy that I would go to over the um, egg Eggman. Um, Eggmiller Smith scored very well, but who knows with these Richmond rookies? Is he going to lose his spot to Nash next week? Like it's it's become a bit of a they were great for us, and now we like leaned into how great Richmond were for rookies, and now it's just burning all of us because we're putting trust in them that they're going to just like hold uh, for long periods of time. So for me, it's probably just, just quickly. Yes, please, quick. Um, Quainiverse. Uh, bacon and eggs. The fifty thousand could be significant. Are you taking a hit in the job security between them to save that money, or are you just like what? What are your thoughts there? If the fifty thousand is the difference between you know Shannon Hearn or Jack Crisp, well, Shannon Hearn hasn't even really been scoring that well, so I'd rather just get the Tom the Tom Stewart and uh, Quainer if I had to make that choice. I know that's probably perfect. It's, Good answer. It's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the right answer, but it's an answer. I just think Quainer no, like is it. much better. Um, and Quainer, you know, as we've as we've had all season with you know trading in. I mean, I've got Garner from Port and the the Bulldogs bloke who I, I Gardner. don't really know his name. No, don't don't even say You've it. You've got it's, Garner and Gardner. Wow. Yeah, I've just yeah, You've I've got, to got stay like away from half half a Pokemon evolution away from getting a full set. <laughs> Oh god, I'm such a nerd. Um, and then in the forward line, I've got uh, Bynes and you know some other player who doesn't play Robbie Young or whatever the hell his name is. So <laughs> it's a pretty easy know. name to remember. It's no Eggmoller John, Smith, John Smith, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Robbie Young. I, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Robbie Young. Um, but yeah, so uh, taking the hit in premium between Stewart and Hearn. Um, or what most people think is is a hit, even though they're scoring similar similarly ugh, close anyway. Um, could be worth the job security in actually having someone on your bench when we have boat go out. Yep, um, I think that's probably probably a wise call, JB. And uh, in the forward Thank line, you. we have Oliver Hanrahan, as you said. I think Hawks mm-hmm. are just going to play him for the rest of the year. They, they need to get some games into some of their youth. They've been doing that. Mitch Lewis looks awesome, and. Let's be honest, I, I don't think they're going to be purposefully uh, going all out to make finals this year. I think that's probably a lost cause for them. Um, I know so, I know they just beat Pies, but um, I think they're going to give good games into uh, some of the youngsters. And Henry Han's 123k forward rookie, so he would be high on my um, list if you did need a forward option. And Kyle Dunkley looks really, really good in his first game. Uh, Melbourne, the job security, obviously they've got players that go in and out all the time. I think they'll give him a couple of games. I'm not sure he's going to play out the rest of the season, but I, I definitely have more of that faith in, in someone like Hanrahan, JB. 
Yeah, and although they're completely different positions, we just saw Tom McDonald and Hoare are both out for the foreseeable future. So maybe that helps his job security, but I mean, kind of, yeah, as I said, different positions, but we never know. Um, all right, so I think that essentially wraps us up. So um, I suppose not a lot to talk about, even though we've just had the round from Absolute Hell. I think everyone's just keen to move on from that and... Um, my prediction at this point would be that Cripps, Canelio, um, Gorn, and Boke all get up this week. Excellent. <laughs> I'd be surprised if any of those miss, to be honest. Um, Kelly's the one that will probably be trading out with a probable calf injury. Besides that, though, um, hopefully, yeah, it's a much better week than what we've had this week. And even the week before without Cripps was a bit annoying. But hopefully, we're looking and feeling a lot happier next week. So... JB, after the uh, success, I'll call it, myself, <laughs> um, of last week where I talked about maybe some more flexibility in the kind of maybe formation of Supercoach or uh, the DPP situation, especially with that forward ruck, um, I had a lot of positive feedback. So I've thought of maybe another thing to talk about. I don't know if we're, what we're going to call this or if it's going to become a running segment of like improvements um, that I'm just making up on the spot right now. It's not on your run sheet, so that's how you know it's being made up on the spot. Yep, yep. I'm honestly scared of where this is going. But I was thinking about something else uh, that probably has bugs not just me, but a couple of other people um, about the game of Supercoach as a whole. And that's the emergencies and how they function in Supercoach. I find it really strange that we get given four emergencies because are they trying to match or mimic like either like an extended bench and then you get like four emergencies that come in. I assume that's what they're doing, right? Like there's there's 22 players and you get four. But the problem is in Supercoach, you can, you can select any four people. So you don't need to select one on each line. And then I'm like, well, if you don't need to select one on each line, why do we even have... We've got a bench. So we're taking like a bench of players into a match. But we can only take like one of them in each position, which I guess kind of mimics real life but this this doesn't it doesn't sit right that we need to like painstakingly pick like which emergency to have each week and then if someone's out you get a late out and there's just like all these complications i think the game would just be more simplistic and probably better for everyone if you just put them in order of the ones you want on field so for example if i have um chol and young in my forward line i would just put chol first and young second and then if in my midfield, if I wanted Clark to be before Haightley to come on, I'd be Clark, and then I would put Haightley, and then I would put um, Dunkley on my bench, whatever it may be. And it's just, if I get one person that's out, Clark comes on. If I get two people that are out, Haightley comes on, and so on and so forth, just to take some of that, I guess, unnecessary stress for an unnecessary game mechanic out of the game, JB. What do you think of that one? Um, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that was a good rant. Um <laughs> No, I'm quite happy with how you provided that, and you, yeah, you said it pretty well. Don't know what I could actually add to it because, yeah, no, you well, pretty much summarised it all pretty pretty well. I think, um, as you said, for simplicity reasons, I suppose, yeah, I can't even add anything to that. Well, I've given you zero time to think about it as well. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, the ramifications of your captain loopholing and stuff um, might be thrown out of whack but then like will it like can, can't you just put the person that's not playing 
on the field and then have your normal emergencies or whatever. Why, it might be. why are we able to captain's loophole? That's that's the bigger question. Uh, what what also, what a silly mechanic that is that we get a vice captain that we can like. If you think about it, if one of your players is playing well, you're not going to sub on in in real football. You're not going to sub on your worst player who's not playing at all and you know give them the armband. Like it, it, if we're trying to correlate the game to actual football, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Shouldn't it be like double the vice captaincy score, triple the captaincy score, or something like? you know, actually punish people for making crazy decisions or, you know, getting the captaincy wrong or this whole two cracks at captaincy, I feel like is just, I mean, it it doesn't even help casuals that much because it's, you know, some casuals don't even log into their team on the weekends. Um, and it just, you know, it adds a whole extra layer of thinking. Some people stuff up the captain's loophole. Like, I feel like it's just something that could easily be avoided by, giving a triple or a double captain score instead of having the, the vice captain and captaincy or just take away vice captaincy altogether. So I've actually thought about this a lot and was definitely going to be my next podcast point. But, oh, apologies. But now we've ruined <laughs> just it. So it over. I, I will oh, give my you my At least we're on the same solution. thought process here. We are, we are. And I'll, I'll tell you my thought out solution. You can tell me what you make of it. And it is catered more towards the casual. Um because the loophole is something that either people can't figure out, they don't like it, people don't want to have to spend that extra 10 minutes to drop what they're doing. This poor bloke couldn't have a shower earlier and had to donate to the cancer council. Imagine if you know he missed his captain opportunity because he wanted to take a shower. Like Things happen, you don't want to be penalised for it. Um, you know, Life goes on. But JB, what if... And it's such a big penalty as well if you miss out on it. It could be huge. everyone else is cashing in. It could be huge. So, so what my thoughts are is... You pick your vice captain and you pick your captain and the score that's doubled is just the higher one of the two of them. Okay. There's no loopholing. You you can't put your VC on someone if he goes well, you you know, put someone to swing on. It doesn't matter because it's just if it's high you, you're gonna get it. So the higher one of the vice captain or captain, you just I know you get two bites at the cherry, but we get two bites of the cherry now and we have to spend half our weekend doing this stuff rather than just okay, it's Friday night, and I'm going to put my vice-captain on McRae, I'm going to put my captain on Grundy, and whichever one does better, I'll do better. And it, it doesn't mimic real life, but at the same time, you have your leaders on the field, and it's not just one leader that steps up in real life. Well, I mean, it could be if you're Carlton, but if you're not Carlton, <laughs> you have a couple of leaders that step up. So that's why it's my leadership team. They're standing up, I've get, and the best scorer is the one that's going to be cap, you know, the captain. Um, the only reason I don't like that is because that actually takes out probably... I mean, a lot of the reason that I'm ranked so highly this year is I've hit pretty much every captain as 140-plus, probably because it's always been Grundy. But um, that sort of takes away from me being smarter with my captaincy choices um, and caters more to the people who, you know, they're, they're just going to whack it on their two highest averages most weeks and they're going to get them even if they've got a bad matchup or if they're coming off an injury. If I do that extra research... I should also be rewarded. So um, the whole, like, give them the higher... I feel like the if you double the VC, triple the captaincy, like, there's going to be much higher scores than that. Maybe that's not the exact way to do it. Like, maybe it's just a multiply 1.5 of the vice-captain and it's double the captaincy like it is now. But that at least makes it so, you know, you have to still study your captaincy options instead of, you know, you just pick two players that, you know, you know score big most weeks and you just get the highest one sort of thing. So I'll counter that and say... I have missed, I think we counted the other day, it was like five or six captaincy scores, as in I've I've taken a captaincy score that's like 106 or less 
six times this season. I've been awful with my captaincy choices. And Standard. that is me having a player. I've been putting it on my VC, and it's being a poor score. And then I've put my C on a player and still copped a score less than 106. So in my case, even though I'm getting two bites at the cherry, just like you are, I'm still not getting as good captaincy scores as you. Um, so it actually, it doesn't harm people that have done their research because I've, I mean, it probably does. I've done research and still done badly, but it just means that if there's you know multiple captaincy options, you just need to pick two of them and hope for the best because that's basically what we're doing right now. There's There's essentially no difference between having two bites at the cherry now and getting the best out of your VC and C, you're still only just getting the one good score. And it's not like only one of them will count. You still get two bites at the cherry regardless of which way you want to play it. Um, and the trip, the triple captaincy I just think is too big because if you get an injury and you've put it on Gorn and he's got 45 and that's being triple captains, um, I think you end up just quitting the game and never opening up your computer or leaving your house ever again. Yeah, I suppose triple captain is a bit tough to negotiate. That's why I said maybe it's 1.5 and two times multiplier. But yeah, no, I understand there are there are issues with, I suppose, both of our suggestions. Um, but I still think either of our suggestions are better than what we've got at the moment because this whole vice-captain, captaincy thing just separates the, the people that have more time from the people that don't. And um, at the same time, it sort of it rewards people that make the bad decisions and sort of miss on their VC or um, something like that and you sort of get bowed out from a second option. So in both ways, it's kind of harmful to the people that um, I suppose put a bit more effort in. But, you know, at the same time, it could could be much of muchness anyway. So I'm, I'm completely vitamin D deficient because I can't leave my house on the weekends because I'm just watching <laughs> this VC. So uh, this, this is... Casper the ghost on the microphone today, everyone. That's it. This is uh, deeply personal to me. Um, so if you happen to have made it this far through the podcast, uh, please let us know your thoughts and hashtag... Um, I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say something like uh, get pistol outside. Um, you know, maybe some violent hashtag vitamin. Hashtag get pistol the D. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not hashtag vitamin get pistol D, the D. JB, I, I hate that you put that out in the universe because that's definitely what people are going to be hashtagging. <laughs> so I thank you for, for that. Sure. Um, where can people find you um, on Twitter? Okay, so I am at JB underscore DRSC. We've got pistol with a Z at pistol <laughs> underscore DRSC. And then Chizo also with a Z, um, bit of a theme there, at Chizo underscore DRSC. Uh, the main account, which we still don't know if, if he's active at the moment, is Dr underscore SC. So um, I do apologize again. I assume, I don't, know, I don't think I coughed at all during the podcast, but I assume my voice is a little um, harder to hear at the moment than what it is most other weeks. It might be hard to hear all the time, so I don't know. But yes, um, we got through there in the end, Pistol. Um, Good hour podcast and good chatting to you, mate. Awesome. All right. Thanks and catch you next time, community. Mm